0: our eyes anoint my voice that i may preach your word that we may receive it you be glorified your people blessed in jesus name amen once again i invite you to turn with me to the 16th chapter of the gospel according to saint mark and i'm going to read uh, just a couple of the verses that pastor harris read verses three and four And they said among themselves, who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away, for it was very large. I want to preach today from the subject, Three Lessons from the resurrection. Three lessons from the resurrection. Last Sunday was Resurrection Sunday and here at Good Hope and all around the world. uh, Churches just really celebrated the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ from the grave. And and we learned a lot of lessons. And and today I just want to share three of those lessons as we move beyond post-resurrection Sunday on last Sunday. The first lesson is. From the resurrection is a lesson about anticipation. Verse one begins. Now, when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James and Salome brought spices that they might come and anoint him. Verse two. Very early in the morning on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. Verse three. And they said to themselves, who? will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us. Do you see the object of their anticipation? Do you see anticipation in this text? Who will roll the stone away for us? The object of their anticipation was the huge stone that served to seal the way into the tomb. That's the object. Yet instead of allowing anticipation to deter them from their destination, they press forward with the mission. So lesson one is this. We must be careful, ever mindful, not to allow anticipation to discourage us from reaching our destination. Look, notice, notice, the women were realists. These women were not living in a fairy tale land. They were realists. They had witnessed what happened to Jesus on Calvary's cross. They were going there to anoint his body, to give him a proper burial. They anticipated a stone being there in their way. They were aware of the obstacle they faced in terms of getting to the body of Jesus. But because they were mission minded, the thought of trouble in their way did not cause them to turn around or to lose hope. As a result of their faithfulness, as a product of their due diligence, as a manifestation of their let's make it happen attitude when they arrived at the tomb, they found that God had already done for them what they could not do for themselves. The resurrection reminds the church, and it reminds us as individual Christians, not to allow anticipation to turn us around. That is, that is, when God has called us to a work, when God has ordained us for a work, when God has anointed us for a work, and when God has appointed us to that work, there should never be room for excuses, reasons, or alibis for our not doing what God has called us to do. Great opportunities, great opportunities, great opportunities to do monumental ministry, pushing back the darkness and ushering the light of God's kingdom agenda have been missed because people sat around anticipating stones instead of trusting and depending upon God to move them. You remember in the Old Testament that the 12 12 spies went out? Ten of them came back anticipating the stones, talking about the stones. Only Joshua and Caleb said, let's move forward. But ten of them were paralyzed by anticipation of what they believed could happen and would happen. They're giants in the land, and they view us as grasshoppers. Notice in the text. The women anticipated the stone, but they refused to allow anticipation to get in the way of them reaching their destination. Let let me say that again. They anticipated the stone, but they got in route. They understood or believed that an obstacle would be in their way, but they got in route. They refused to allow the anticipation of the stone, of the trouble in their way, of the obstacle in their way to get in the way of them reaching their destination. Because they wanted to give Jesus a a, a decent burial. When the Romans, when the Romans crucified people, their, their, their way of 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 pushing the point home was to was to leave people on the cross. But 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 in this case, Jesus was taken down and buried, the women wanted to give him a decent burial. To their amazement, verse four states, "When they looked up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away, for it was very large." Isn't it amazing? They had to get in route. Had they never gotten in route, they would have never reached their destination, and they would have never discovered what God would have already done, had already done for them. They had to get in route. Now, the Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church has accomplished an amazing task in Haiti. It was a a team effort. It uh, it was a team effort. Everybody, every member of Good Hope was a part of the team. You you prayed, you, you gave, and every night when we gave our debrief, we talked about not only those who were on the ground in Haiti, but we talked about our Good Hope family who was in in, in Good Hope back in Gordonville and and in Polk County praying for us. We we talked about our team members who were were here back home. It was a team effort in which every member of GHMBC participated. As a church family, we're realists. Am I right about it? Y'all know pastors not in the the hocus pocus and game playing. We look and we see just like it. We call it just like it is. We're realists. But what I mean by being real, we anticipated stones. We anticipated obstacles. We we anticipated trouble. When when we had our preteen meetings, we we anticipated those things. We talked about those things. We, We talked to people who had been there before we did our homework. Listen, we anticipated sickness. We anticipated theft. We anticipated robbery. We anticipated haters. We even anticipated trouble getting through customs, and we ran into a little trouble. But it didn't catch us by surprise because we anticipated it. The church pressed on past negative thoughts and past negative attitudes and past negative people. And when the team landed in Haiti, we found that God had already been there. And had already rolled the stone away because when we had problems at customs, God had already fixed it. And all thousand pounds that we took to Haiti for the people, we delivered it to Haiti ourselves. Yeah, yeah. That's, right. That's because you, Good Hope, refused to allow anticipation of trouble to stop you from the mission. As a result, the Good Hope family made a a mark in hated feeding and clothing and provided medicines and medical care and teaching the gospel of Jesus Christ to multitudes of women, men, and and children. And, And that's just the beginning. Lesson one reminds us, as a church family and as individuals, lesson one reminds us, get this lesson, don't miss it. Lesson one of the resurrection reminds us never to allow anticipation of trouble, anticipation of obstacles, and anticipations of difficulties. Never allow that to drench, to drown, or to drive away the fire God places in our hearts to serve him. God puts a fire in your heart when God lights a fire within your bosom, when God sets fire under your feet to serve him, we should never allow the anticipation of trouble in our way to stop us, but just look to God as the women did for our help. The psalmist says it this way, I will lift up mine eyes to the hills for withcoming my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Yes, I may anticipate trouble. Yes, I anticipate obstacles. Yes, I anticipate trials. But I look up to the hill. The second lesson from the resurrection is a lesson about evaluation. Evaluation. Notice verses 5 and 6. And enter in the tomb. They, that is the women, saw a young man clothed in in a long white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. What did the angel encourage the ladies to do? The angel encouraged the women to see the place where Jesus had been buried, to examine the evidence, to observe the emptiness of the tomb, to evaluate all the data for themselves. The resurrection challenges faithful followers of Jesus and skeptics alike to check the biblical record. And follow as as, as, and and study historical documents, and you will find the same truth that was uncovered 2,000 years ago. And that truth is the tomb was empty, and Jesus had risen from the dead. Evaluate for yourself what grandma had was good for grandma. What mom and daddy had was good for mama and daddy. What the deacons have is good for the deacons and the pastors. But all of us must evaluate the evidence for ourselves and come to know Jesus. For ourselves. For when we know him for ourselves, nothing can change our minds. Evaluate. No, Look at the evidence. Evaluate it for yourself. Oh, to be sure, there have been many attempts throughout history to cover that truth. Numerous hypotheses and theories and presuppositions and stories and folklores and tales and and outright lies have been set in motion in order to distort, discredit, and even destroy the validity of the resurrection. But to no avail... Why? Because Jesus rose victoriously from the grave just as he promised he would. This this lesson challenges us to check it out for ourselves and tell others to check it out for themselves. The third lesson from the resurrection is a lesson about proclamation. Verse 7 states, but go and tell his disciples. And Peter don't, don't you love that? you, you, you know the story you, you know the story. Peter had had denied Jesus, and Peter got a personal invitation. Go tell my disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you into Galilee. there you will see him, and he said to, as he said to you, now think about this: these faithful women of God had just been commissioned by God to go and share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. What a magnificent story. The angel said, go and tell, go and proclaim this gospel. It, it, it was paramount because, because end the events of the weekend Uh, because the disciples had had seen Jesus suffer, because they had seen him bleed, and because they had witnessed his death on the cross, because they had heard him cry out in a loud voice, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? They needed to hear the story because they had heard Jesus say, It is finished. Their dreams were shattered. Their hopes were gone. Their lives were devastated. And remember Peter, the leader of the group, who vehemently declared to Jesus saying, Lord, if everybody else leaves you, I'll be right there. Peter had promised the Lord that he would be there for him yet when the chips were down, he denied Jesus, the rooster crowed, and he was heartbroken because he remembered Jesus says, Peter, I know you think you all of that, but in due season, you're going to deny me. And So Peter's world in particular had caved in. Have you ever been there? Have you ever wanted so much to do the right thing, so badly to do the right thing? Have you just so much just just promised that you would do the right thing, and then things happened, and you were not able to live up to your promise? You were heartbroken. You You were devastated. That's where Peter was. He was hurt. Oh. But cheer up, Peter. How could he face the other disciples? How could he face himself? But cheer up, Peter. Cheer up, James. Cheer up, John. Cheer up, Andrew and Philip. Cheer up, Bartholomew. Cheer up, Matthew. Cheer up, Thomas. Cheer up, James, son of Alphaeus. And, and that is because there's good news coming. Mark 13 and 20, there's good news coming. The good news is he has gone before you, and he will meet you. Yes, Peter, even you. Yes, Peter, even you. He will meet you. Peter, he has not forgotten about you. Peter, you failed him. Peter, you did not live up to the standard, but he will meet you. Like the woman, those of us who know Jesus are called to proclaim to a world filled with Peter. Torn asunder by sin and strife, uncertainty and darkness and deceit and depression and distress. We are called to proclaim that Jesus has gone before us. That Jesus lives, and because He lives, we can not only face tomorrow, but we can face tomorrow enjoying the sovereignty of His goodness, re- relying on the sufficiency of His grace, and relishing the magnificence of His mercy. And for those who feel like Peter, feel like the lowest of the low, you get a special invitation like Peter with your name on it. Go and tell my disciples and put your name there that the Lord will meet you. Sometimes he meets us in our darkest hour. Sometimes he meets us in our most disappointing hour. Sometimes he meets us when we fail. Sometimes he meets us when we're down, but he meets us. We must tell the world that he's gone before us. That's what the resurrection is all about. Lesson three from the resurrection reminds us, good hopians, to tell the story. That's what the angel told the women. It wasn't complicated. You don't need a theological degree for that. Tell the story. Tell the story. He suffered on Calvary's cross, paying our sin debt. Tell the story. He bled on Calvary's cross, paying our sin debt. Tell the story. He was buried in a barred tomb. Paying our sin Tell the story early on Sunday morning. Tell the story he got up with all power in his hands. Tell the story because he lived. Victory is ours.